0: listening to iOS Dev Break. 15 minutes of current events, tips and advice for iOS developers, including but not limited to discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break episode 1. I'm your host Evan K Stone and in this episode we'll be talking about the iPhone feeding frenzy and also Swift thoughts. So, wow, it's it's been so nice to be back and putting together this new episode. I'm actually trying to catch up on some of the topics that I've been lining up, and I figured that I better talk about them before they get too old and crusty. Episode zero was mostly an introductory episode just to launch the podcast and acquaint everyone with myself and with the show format and how I think it's going to pan out. So hopefully it'll work for everyone. This week, one of the things that's happened in uh, recently is the the iPhone Seven feeding frenzy. So I thought I'd chat about that a little bit. Uh, it's been a little, it's been humorous, but also a little scary to hear about some of the things that are going on with everyone trying to get their hands on one of these new devices. Uh, especially crazy was to hear about Marco Arment's experience, uh, and you can ca- you can hear about it on uh, the Accidental Tech podcast episode, one of the more recent ones, uh, with him buying an iPhone 7 from someone he uh, either knew online or met online, and uh, in between point A from the time that it was shipped and the point that it arrived at his house, the iPhone had disappeared and he just ended up with a an empty box, which is pretty scary, but uh, hopefully you haven't experienced that kind of thing going on in your personal experience trying to acquire an iPhone 7. Um, I, I honestly can't believe that someone would do that, but I guess it's a testament of the, the insanity that goes on during these iPhone launch times, these the launch season. Anyway, so unless you've been living in a remote cabin in the woods, completely isolated from civilization without electricity or internet and hadn't heard, Apple has indeed released the latest set of devices with a pretty impressive color design uh, I think uh, in the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus with their black the matte black and then the jet black um, of course many people seem to be having trouble adjusting to the lack of the headphone uh, the headphone jack and we'll probably just have to see how that will all play out uh, it doesn't personally affect me today since I I don't have any projects that are going on that would greatly benefit from having one of these devices Um, and you may be wondering if I'm going to get one, Uh, and I think, honestly, for right now, due to various reasons, I think I'm going to wait and sort of see how things shape up with regard to this particular set of devices. I have a 6 Plus, and I'd really like to get on the, the S Cycle and avoid the first generations of these, since while I really like my 6 Plus and the form factor, I was pretty disappointed with some of the things like touch id um, that they they fixed with the six plus i'm sorry the 6S Plus, and it's really fantastic fingerprint recognition um, so that's the one the one for me the one thing with the six plus that I, that I think is a real downside of that device but uh unless they really mess things up next year, I'll probably wait until the next one. Anyway, uh, please, I uh, thought I'd mention just uh, follow me and ping me on Twitter at iOSDevBreak or you can even email me at iOSDevBreak at interactivelogic.net if you have comments about the new devices and how you are enjoying or not enjoying uh, the, having them, working with them, and not, not having a headphone jack. Uh, or if you've uh, found any interesting development ideas with the new devices, that'd be kind of Uh, Interesting to hear, and I can relay it on the show. But uh, also, before I go any further, I wanted to do a little bit of follow-up. Last episode, I think I completely forgot to mention a few things. Uh, And if I did mention these, then I'll just sort of repeat them here. Uh, Regarding show notes, you'll be able to find the show notes at iosdevbreak.com. And uh, that will serve as the, the primary website for the show itself. Um, I don't have show notes up yet, but, uh, I'm really, I'm really working hard to get all of these loose ends tied up so we can get the the show notes going and, uh, I'm hoping that it will automatically, uh, that I can get the automatic posting of the, the episodes when they're published, uh, working correctly too. So we'll see. Hopefully that'll work for this episode. Uh, also Twitter addresses, uh, you can follow the show uh, at iOS Dev Break, uh, and also if you want to follow my uh, my development account, my personal development account, then you can follow me at Evan K Stone. That's E V A N K S T O N E. And uh, also, um, I I think I mentioned. I know for sure I mentioned that I work for Cloud City Development in San Francisco which is an integrated design and uh, software development company. We do specialize in mo- uh, in web and mobile uh, design and developments, And we have a great design team, great development team. Um, Ruby on Rails for the back backends. Uh, I'm on the mobile team and I specialize in iOS. So if you'd like to work with me, uh, you can certainly contact Cloud City Development. Uh, you can contact them at cloudcity.io that's the website and there's contact information there on how you can follow up with us and if you would like to use us for one of your projects okay now we've got that follow up out of the way finished with those items uh, i thought now would be a good time to do to chat about swift in a segment that i'm calling swift thoughts And uh, first, this isn't really a new topic, it's actually something that really came out of Swift 2, we will be talking about Swift 3 and some of those uh, kind of subjects that are coming out of that, but um, I just wanted to comment on Swift and some of its awesomeness that I've experienced recently. Uh, Maybe you've been wondering if now is the right time to start developing in Swift. Maybe you've been doing Objective-C. Maybe you've been working in other languages, other platforms. And I thought we could sort of talk about the question, um, that particular question, as well as what's the right way to learn a new language like Swift. And I I think the answer to the first question about whether or not now is the right time to start developing in Swift The answer is a a clear yes, especially for new projects. Apple is clearly putting all of its eggs in the Swift basket, and the language changes that have been coming through uh, in Swift 3, Swift 2 before it, uh, show that the momentum that this language has, and really the, the commitment that Apple has to Swift, and that they've really put forward in developing it. And a real testament to that as well is the opening it up as an open source project and the Swift evolution changes that have been occurring. That's really community driven, it's astounding. And it really shows that Apple is very committed to this language. And yes, I think now is a great time to get going on it. But how you go about doing it isn't really, it's entirely up to you. But I can speak from my own personal experience which is that I started developing in Swift when it was 1.0 and then had to deal with 1.1 and, and subsequent changes. I generally have been approaching it as basically what I am, which is an Objective-C developer changing and doing Swift. Uh, I don't know as if that's 100% the right way to do it, but it's been a better way to do it than not doing it at all. So uh, this is, is probably the approach, how how many developers do it, uh, approaching Swift, and unless you're either starting fresh in programming altogether, or maybe you have a different programming language background, but you really are wanting to do things in the Swift way, then you might uh, try to do things that uh, that are more of the, the Swift mindset. Uh, my approach has really come out of two motivations. First of all, the most obvious, which is uh, needing to get work done. And uh, so I I tend to take a fairly pragmatic approach in my uh, usage of Swift. And the second reason really is, uh, the second motivation is really wanting to move to Swift because it's clearly the way Apple wants us to go. So it really makes sense. There have been a couple of projects uh, over the last uh, two years where I've uh, overtly selected Objective-C, but there was a, a, a particular driver for doing that. Um, mostly with integrating with other libraries and just making it a, a smooth uh, transition. And as I mentioned in episode zero, I like I like I said just a while ago, I do take a very uh, conservative or pragmatic approach when uh, using a new language or platform, and learn as much as I need to solve the current tasks at hand. And as new needs come up, learn the language features that sovol- solve those particular problems. Typically, this is due to time constraints, among other reasons. Um, but what has really helped me is to periodically train myself, um, attending workshops, conferences, um, reading tutorials, and so forth, in which I can learn new techniques in Swift and improve in those ways that, that I think are helpful. So one such area arose out of my frustration Uh, with the numbers of levels that I was creating with optional binding. And if you're not familiar with optional binding, that's where you do the if let blocks. And uh, I would have several levels of these if let, if let, if let, if let. And uh, it got to the point where, uh, and this is actually, uh, there's a phrase for this that is, it's called the pyramid of doom. And it's aptly named because it's so frustrating and uh, awful looking. Um, but it just got to the point for me where that pyramid of doom was just getting ridiculous out of hand. And I think it might have been either at an advanced Swift workshop with Paul Hudson, who is the the guy who runs hackingwithswift.com. Um, or maybe it had been some exposure to that beforehand, but I, I think we talked about it there as well. Um But, oh, I should mention that his tutorials and videos are totally awesome, and you should definitely check them out. And I will help you to do that in just a a bit here. But anyway, I think it was at that workshop or some other uh, place where I I, I discovered this. But um, someone, possibly Paul, mentioned that about the the guard statement. And while I had heard of it, I didn't really pay attention to it. I think I kind of just avoided it, kind of backburnered, the guard statement um because i i guess uh optional binding hadn't uh, created enough pain for me yet so let me just say that this particular language feature the guard statement which was actually adu- introduced as i mentioned in in swift 2 is amazing at breaking down the that uh, dreaded pyramid of doom um Paul actually has a really nice write up as it turns out on the 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 guard statement and I like the examples that he gives because he shows a very uh clear case of the before and after and I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Okay, so earlier I mentioned how I attended an advanced Swift workshop which was at the Forward Swift conference in Ju- in July of this year 2016 for those who are listening to this later and if you would like to check out more of Paul Hudson's books and courses, and while he, he's not sponsoring this show, he was kind enough. I, I reached out and contacted him, and he was kind enough to give listeners to this, sh- this particular episode a 25% discount code to use for purchasing his learning materials. And so this includes his Hacking with Swift Book and course, as well as the Pro Swift book, which I highly encourage you to take a look at if you have some experience in Swift. Maybe you have some basic experience using it, but you want to take it to the next level. This is a, a good place to go. Uh, take a look at his Pro Swift book because he covers such topics as uh, protocol oriented programming, functional programming, operator overloading some of these things that maybe you've kind of heard of, but you've been keeping it at arm's length, but you could can take a, a look at that and uh, hopefully you'll benefit from, from learning about that. Also, he has a new book entitled Practical iOS 10. And so you can learn about how to develop using some of the new features of iOS 10 and uh, actually go through some tutorials on that and uh, uh, building out some some applications that take advantage of those. Also check out his Swift Coding Challenges book, which he actually finished ahead of schedule, which is amazing in the software development world. So congratulations to Paul Hudson for finishing that. So if you would like to take advantage of this special offer with the 25% off from Paul's materials, all you have to do is go to iosdevbreak.com and find the show notes for this show, episode one, and it's entitled iPhone Feeding Frenzy. And then look in the show notes and you will find links for uh, all of the products that he is offering at the special discount. And each each product has its own special link with a code for iOS DevBreak. So use the ones that's, that are in the show notes uh the important thing to remember also is that these links are only available for about the next week. They will be good until October 10th. So you have from now, the the point at which the podcast was released until October 10th to use these. So um take advantage of it. It's a they're a great offer. Great materials, and I hope you enjoy them. And thanks again to Paul Hudson at hackingwithswift.com for providing these materials and the great discount to listeners of iOS Dev Break. Well, that's it for episode one. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you enjoyed this. 15 minutes goes by super quickly, and so we have some more topics lined up for next week. So stay tuned and please subscribe to the show either on iTunes or Overcast or whatever podcast client you're using. And that that really helps the show up. So thank you very much. And I look forward to uh, talking to you again. And we'll see you on the flip side on iOS Dev Break.